Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Now like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yo, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that team us too. That gives us two. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Into the Rob Bro Show. I am Rob Bro. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Lots of stuff going on today. Texas Tech wrapping up a four-game series with Gonzaga yesterday. A four-game sweep with the walk-off walk. Yesterday, Vuletic waltzing in after Austin Green walked at the plate. Not even particularly close from the pitcher, McGee, who was, I guess, terrified of giving up the walk-off Grand Slam, so he settled for the walk-off walk. Uh, Fourth game of the season, you're 0-3. You might want to attack with a fastball there, buddy. I don't know. I guess a one-run loss looks better on the RPI than a four-run loss, but... To walk a guy intentionally, just to walk in the winning run, mind-boggling, to say the least. Obviously, we had that game live yesterday during the show. Nate Oates is also trending for some Alabama basketball comments. Uh, One of his players was involved at, around... Therefore, a murder, a cold-blooded murder, but he was just there. He didn't do it. He wasn't holding the gun. He didn't bring the gun. Wrong place, wrong time, NATO says. Nah, you know, college kids, they're out. You can't control what they're doing. If they show up at a murder scene, it happens. He's scoring 18 points a game for us. We can't suspend him. He wasn't charged. You know, it's not, is it a crime to be at a murder scene? No. Not to the eyes of the law. It's a wild story coming out of Alabama today, by the way. Uh, Not number one anymore. I believe Houston is now, but still uh, highly ranked Alabama and Nate Oates. Strange, strange scenes coming from Tuscaloosa. Uh, And then we have, uh, I saw today, the most intriguing pitching prospect 
I've seen in quite a while in college baseball. And here's the quote. This from uh, at Big Donkey 47 Stephen Shock on Twitter, the former Virginia pitcher who uh, during the road to Omaha or a regional, I guess it was a, the regional and super regional. I don't think they actually got to Omaha that year. Uh, but his claim to fame was that he wanted Dippin' Dots. He's the Dippin' Dots guy, the Virginia pitcher. Uh, but he's now, I believe, working with D1 Baseball. Uh, and he says, I cannot wait to watch Gerangelo Clahente pitch with both hands all season. I'm guessing he means both arms. Uh, coach said he slept on his left hand wrong, so he only threw 95 with his right hand today. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, ambidextrous pitching has always been very intriguing to me. Uh, you know a switch hitter. Uh, there are switch pitchers in the world. And apparently this guy can throw 95-plus there with Mississippi State. Also, great name, Gerangelo Clahente. And I don't know if I'm saying that right because there's lots of J's. And there is the elusive four consonant in a row there in his name with two J's that I don't think should exist in this word, but do. C-I-J-N-T-J-E. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but if not, I'll have to learn. Mississippi State baseball, though, intriguing ambidextrous pitcher. We're going to have to learn more about this. I just saw this tweet before the show, so we're going to have to learn about Gerangelo and his dual hand pitching. He's not throwing the ball with two hands, so we can rule that out. I believe he's ambidextrous. Uh, also, with as great of a park as Duty Noble is, I'm watching some highlights here. Their bullpens are in the field of play. <laughs> There is no protection. Just right there. It, on the right field line in foul territory. There is no foul territory. It's just bullpen. I guess I uh, never noticed that before. I'm sure I have, but it's just very striking in this camera angle right here. All right, let's get to the stuff we were actually going to talk about. Uh, Texas Tech basketball tonight against Oklahoma. Um, if you're talking about losses that Texas Tech had this year that you desperately want back, that you do not want on your record, it has to be that Oklahoma game in Lubbock that you lost in overtime. All the opportunity in the world to win that game and you let it get away with Quite frankly, some terrible defense in overtime where their freshman is just blazing by getting easy layups in overtime. Now, that was right around the time you had some injuries, some re-injuries, some guys coming back, a short staff. You were short-handed. That was a that was a bad time. Bad timing game to play Oklahoma at home. And you also just hadn't won yet in Big 12 play. 
And after that Oklahoma loss, I was pretty down on the team. It wasn't a panic. I don't feel like I ever panicked. Uh, But I did feel like this team just did not have it in them after that Oklahoma game because I felt like Oklahoma was the worst team in the Big 12. And if you're looking around for the worst team in the Big 12 and you just lost to them, well, maybe you need to reassess. And if you're losing to the worst team in the Big 12, maybe, well, maybe you're the worst team in the Big 12. I think Eric Stevenson learned that even though West Virginia won again last night after calling Texas Tech the worst team in the Big 12. It is what it is. Oklahoma tonight, though, I felt like they were playing their best basketball when they came to Lubbock, and you were playing your worst. Uh, Now, I think you're playing your best basketball, and I think Oklahoma is playing about average basketball right now. Um, Some losses, some wins. They are not playing extremely well, or at least to the level I thought they were going to be playing earlier in the year, when they got a little hot and won a couple games early. Uh, Their freshmen have hit some walls. I think that's natural. Uh, Pop Isaac's got a big break. So I I would assume he could avoid maybe a freshman wall. I think Lamar Washington has hit some of a wall himself. Uh, he's not been as productive as he was for a stretch there in the middle, though defensively I think he's played well. Elijah Fisher, well-rested. I, I don't foresee him hitting a wall as much. Uh, and again, defensively I think he's been playing really well. Uh, it's just that offensive game that those two need to come together on. Uh, but defensively, Jalen Tyson, Elijah Fisher, Lamar Washington, that's a really good rotation defensively. Davian Harmon, if he can continue to give you 20, um, what do you want to call it, box, box score points, if he can have 20 combined points, assists, and rebounds, I think that's a really productive game for him. I think Kevin O'Banner also needs to hit that 20 mark. And legitimately, after that West Virginia win, this is your NCAA tournament. This is an NCAA tournament game. Now, you might could argue that you're working with double elimination to end the year, where if you lose one, you're fine, but if you lose two, you're out, especially if you lose this one. I think you could probably lose to like Kansas and TCU or Kansas and Oklahoma State and kind of figure it out. But you also just, in the pride respect, don't want to get swept by Oklahoma. You don't want to get swept by TCU. You don't want to get swept by Oklahoma State. I think at this point there's no shame in getting swept by Kansas, but especially now they have to go to Lawrence to do it. But I think this Oklahoma game tonight is your best chance for a win. Not your only chance, but your best chance. On the road in Norman is not like going on the road in the rest of the Big 12 landscape. It's not Lawrence, it's not Hilton, it's not Bramlage. They don't call 
the, the Norman Arena, the Octagon of Doom. It's the worst home field advantage in Big 12 basketball. It's dead. Nobody's there. Nobody cares. Oklahoma is a true football school. Some Oklahoma guy, I think it was Big Game Boomer, was talking about uh, Big 12 baseball the other day, how he's so excited for Oklahoma to go to the SEC, a real baseball conference where teams actually care about baseball. Oklahoma has like 1,700 average fans in baseball. They, they, they do. If it's not football or softball, Oklahoma does not care. They don't. So you're not walking into an impossible atmosphere tonight like you do in the Big 12 sometimes or that you invite teams into at home. Now, you could argue sometimes that a dead arena is worse than a, an active arena. Some guys thrive on huge atmospheres. I think Kevin O'Banner is one of those guys. In a dead atmosphere is a little bit hard to get hyped for, but if this is an NCAA tournament game, if this is a make or break, if this is a must win, I've got my money on Kevin O'Banner showing up tonight. I think his line for points, rebounds, assists is like 22 and a half, and I'll hammer the over. And there are games where you look at Kevin O'Banner and say, yeah, this is a Kevin O'Banner night. And I think every time I've said it this year, it's been right, except for maybe in Waco when he had the foul trouble early and just could never really get into the rhythm of the game and Texas Tech ended up losing big. But if I had to pick one guy... I think easy money would be Davian Harmon or Jalen Tyson because they've been good recently. But if I could pick one guy to lead the team across the last four into the Big 12 tournament and whatever happens if you are or are not in the NCAA tournament, I would pick Kevin O'Banner. Because when his back is against the wall, you get your best Kevin O'Banner. When the lights are bright, when the moment is big, Kevin O'Banner has showed up. And you've not had a bigger game than tonight if you're Texas Tech and you're trying to get into the tournament. Expectations have changed, built, deteriorated, and rebuilt. You are legitimately on the bubble if you win tonight. We'll be back after this for the text line. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rocha, Talk 103.9, News, Money, Sports. To the text line we go. Uh, this texter, uh, again, you can text at 806-855-3712. This texter, uh, I think Texas Tech has all the momentum right now. I think they win by eight or more. I think if somebody wins big tonight, Texas Tech wins big. 
And that's like by more than five. I think Oklahoma absolutely could win this game by three or four or five. Um, if there's some free throws or something, maybe it gets to six. Uh, I do not see Oklahoma just dominating. Um, but if you told me somebody won by ten or more tonight, I, I would say that Texas Tech gets the victory. I don't know that that will happen. I think it'll be a close game either way, but just right now, the trajectory of these two teams feels different. And Oklahoma had a couple of big wins early in Big 12 play, and then they knocked off Alabama, who we'll get back to. We have two texts on them very soon. But I just don't know that Oklahoma right now is in much of a position at all. Just looking at their recent trajectory and Texas Tech's recent trajectory. And you talk about momentum. Uh, Out of the last five, Texas Tech has won three in a row. They lost that close, close game to Oklahoma State. Got hammered on the road against Baylor, 89-62. But since then... Uh, Three-point loss to Oklahoma State and Stillwater, which I thought they could have closed that one out. And then you had top 15 win against Kansas State and Lubbock, top 15 win against Texas in Lubbock, and then a win over West Virginia on the road this weekend, a much tougher place to play than Norman, Oklahoma. In the opposite result... The last five with Oklahoma, they lost in Morgantown by 32. They lost in Waco by 10. They lost by 23 to Kansas. They somehow beat Kansas State in Norman uh, right after you beat them. And then they lost by two in overtime to Texas in Austin. Similar to what you did. And also, I think these are two even teams, but again, three and two versus one and four in their last five. Oklahoma sitting at three and 11. You're four and 10 now in Big 12 play. They're 13 and 14 overall. You're 15 and 12. But somehow, Oklahoma, according to the analytics, has a 62% chance to win tonight, and they're favored by two and a half. Grant Sherfield is a bad matchup. Jalen Hill is a bad matchup. Tanner Groves, the Groves brothers, still there. But I feel like if both of those teams play their best games, I think Oklahoma is not as good as Texas Tech, talent-wise. And maybe if Sherfield and, and Hill just really go off and Hill dominates on the boards, um... You can't compete. But it's going to take a perfect game from Oklahoma, I think, to do that. And for whatever reason, they have just not put together many perfect games. And Porter Mosier, to me, is a coach that coaches as extreme underdogs, and I don't think he's a very good coach as a favorite. And Oklahoma tonight is the favorite. That doesn't happen very often, but they are tonight. All right, back to the text line. I, I opened up the show with a, a little story uh, out of Alabama where Nate Oates um, basically confirms a player was involved at a murder scene. 
with some of his ex-teammates. And he's not going to miss any time. He's not going to miss any action. And he's not charged with a crime, so nothing's going to happen to him. This texter says, Rob, if you're with a friend and he steals something from a store, do they charge you with a crime as well, or do they leave you alone? And I get a murder is different, you think? But I'm just saying who's really innocent and who isn't. All right, here's my point, Texter. And I don't know the the real backstory of this, but two people were charged with the crime of murder. The guy who brought the gun, the guy who pulled the trigger, and this Miller guy was the third guy there. If both of those guys were planning and involved and knew it was going to happen, could you not assume that Miller also knew what was happening and he was there for it? Can I not make that leap? And if I plan a heist with my producer here, Connor, and Connor steals something, no matter what it is, and I helped plan it and was there when it happened in the car with him, then yes, I think if I was an athlete, I might get suspended a few games while they were investigating. DeAndre Ayton is a professional basketball player in the NBA. They are reporting that he took money to go to his university, and he's sitting out an NBA game because they're investigating a collegiate infraction. But Miller who scores 18 points a game and was there for a murder is not going to miss any time. Now I get it. He was not charged with a crime. I do not know his involvement to me though. It just stinks a little bit. Another texture. Is there much difference in the Alabama murder and the Texas basketball player accused of sexual abuse? Both are still playing. No consequences. One happened before the season, before he was involved in the program, and they accepted him into the program and got him anyways. And those charges were filed and I guess declined or whatever else. There was a process there. There were no charges, but in season this happened, and he missed zero time. And no, I don't think Arturio Morris should be playing all year. But that that was a, a known commodity when he got there. This has just happened. What happens in two weeks when it comes out that it was this kid's gun? Or that he told him where they were going to be? Or that he knew the girl personally? More texts after this. It's the Rob Rocho Talk 13.9. News, money, sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rocho Talk 13.9. News, money, sports. More information coming out about. Brandon Miller, the Alabama basketball player, and I want to clear up some confusion that was on my end. 
Uh, Darius Miles, the man who pulled the trigger, and uh, Michael Buzz Davis. Darius Miles, a former Alabama basketball player. Uh, earlier when I read the story, the initial story I read uh, made it seem like Michael Buzz Davis brought the weapon to the scene. Uh, new testimony is saying that Miller brought the gun. He provided the murder weapon, but he's not getting charged, nor is he getting suspended from Alabama basketball because he scores 18 a game. There has to be some accountability here. Darius Miles contacted Miller. This is from Alabama.com, AL.com. Miles contacted Miller and asked him to bring his gun to where they were. When Miller got to the scene, Miles told Davis, the heat is in the hat. Detective Brandon Culpepper said that meant the gun was present. This is testimony from court. Miles added, Miller said there's one in the head. Culpepper said that meant there was a round in the chamber. Miles then moved his girlfriend back to get her out of the line of fire. Another Alabama basketball player, Jaden Bradley, was also at the scene of the shooting. Also still playing for Alabama. When asked why Miller was not charged, Tuscaloosa Chief Deputy Paula Whitley said, that's not a question I can answer. There's nothing we could charge him with. I guess providing a murder weapon is not a charge there that you can bring in the state of Alabama. Alabama coach Nate Oates said on Tuesday that Miller is not in any trouble as a result of his involvement. Quote, we knew about that. You can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew what was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble with this case. Wrong spot. Wrong time. Now, maybe you can argue that for uh, Brandon. But the guy who brings the gun didn't know what was going to happen? Who brings a loaded gun with one in the head? One in the chamber? Cocked and ready to rock? Didn't know what was going to happen? Still playing basketball? Well, he wasn't charged with an official crime. I do not care. You shouldn't be able to take a murder scene to a murder, a murder weapon to a murder scene and continue to play college basketball. And if that's the kind of program that Nate Nate Oates runs, I don't want him affiliated with uh, any coaching searches that are ever going to happen here at Texas Tech. That is the definition of lack of institutional control. Oh, we don't know what's going on outside of practice. Alabama has now been through a murder where three of the players were involved, and they're just still scooting along. Best team in the SEC, Brandon Jones. uh, Brandon Miller, sorry. Brandon Miller. Uh, arguably the best player in college basketball. 
potential number one pick in the NBA draft. Texter Dave Bliss all over again. Yeah, I, I, at this point, when Nate Oates says, we knew about that, you knew he took the gun. You knew a murder happened. You knew he was involved. And you covered it up. Ah, well, there was no crime charged. What's the difference between taking a gun to a murder scene and stealing a candy bar, Rob? There's a little bit of difference. And I don't know how he's not an accessory, at the very least. If I brought the the blueprints to execute a heist, I would be an accessory. Yeah. Uh, Alabama got tips from New Mexico State on how to run a program. Yeah, I pretty wild. Another texter, Dave Bliss, wants to speak with Nate Oates. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, this texter, OU hasn't had good crowns for basketball since Edouard and O'Hara played for the Land Thieves. Uh, the Thunder have taken away a lot of Sooners fans. Yeah, I guess you'd rather go to an NBA game than... That dump they have there in Norman. Was it Lloyd Noble or whatever? I'm fairly shocked by the Alabama story. If a Texas Tech player in any sport was ever involved in a murder... And a teammate provided the gun. I don't care if you just brought the teammate's gun from the uh, apartment or dorm. And there was a third teammate at the scene. I would think all three of those teammates would at least be suspended with due process. Hey, you're going to take some time off while we figure out what happened. While the police figure out what happened. That seems like a minimum. Especially if it happens in season. And I get that the history of college athletics, there's a lot of preferential treatment. This really does feel like, well, he's a good athlete, so he's never been in any trouble, and we're going to keep it that way. Uh, more texters. You can take a murder weapon to a... <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, and, uh, an Alec Baldwin joke. And by the way, Alec Baldwin, that story's getting uh, more and more crazy as well. Uh, there in New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico, strange place. And apparently Alabama, uh, very lax on how you can just uh, show up with murder weapons and uh, commit no crimes. Let's get back into the Texas Tech basketball game. We'll do it in the final segment. We'll take this one a little early. Talk through the game tonight. Maybe preview a little bit of baseball as well. More baseball kind of this week and this weekend for Texas Tech. It's Rob Bro Show, Talk 13.9 News, Money Sports. Are you. 
Rob Rush Show Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Uh, text line, New Mexico is the worst. Just moved to Texas to get away from New Mexico. Well, welcome to Texas. <laughs> uh, Alabama is weird. Remember when people found a leprechaun in a tree in the Creighton community in Mobile, Alabama? Yes, I do remember that. That yeah, was awesome. That's one of the all-time iconic uh, YouTube videos. The leprechaun in the tree. We'll move on. Uh, Texas Tech baseball playing this weekend. A four-game series against Western Illinois. Uh, Western Illinois, the second straight Bulldog team that comes in. A little less... Menacing looking than the Gonzaga Bulldog, but the same spiked color. In fact, it's a a very similar Bulldog. This will also be a four-game series, uh, but it'll feature a doubleheader on Saturday. Then a midweek against Air Force, also in Lubbock, before the team goes to Houston for the Shriners Children's College Classic at Minute Maid Park. Um... Those games will be streamed on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest, uh, streamed nationally on Astros.com. Uh, the team will play Rice, Michigan, and Texas A&M. I believe TCU and Texas Tech also in a, Texas also in attendance, but uh, I'd have to double check on that. All right, some final previews here for Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is really bad offensively, getting offensive rebounds and protecting the basketball. They turn it over nearly the worst in the country. They're like nearly 300th in the country in turnover percentage and worse than 300th in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So not only do they throw it away a lot, they also just don't get second-chance opportunities. And then defensively, they also just don't force turnovers. They're 330th in forcing turnovers, which is nearly dead last. Texas Tech played a really bad game against Oklahoma, and I thought Oklahoma played really good against Texas Tech, and that game went to overtime in Lubbock. If Oklahoma gets hot from three, they'll win this game. And that's the matchup they have to exploit. They are pretty good at shooting the three, and you're not very good at defending the three. They're pretty good at defending the three. And if you want to live in that world, that is a bad matchup for Texas Tech. But if you live in the world where Davian Harmon and Jalen Tyson and Pop Isaacs and Kevin O'Banner and Fardaz Amak attack the paint and play solid defense and don't overextend defensively, 
There's zero reason Texas Tech shouldn't come away with a win tonight. Zero we- reason. Weason. Zero reason. Every game is tough in the Big 12. But this is one of those games where I say it feels like Texas Tech has the advantage. They're not overly big. Neither are you. Especially uh, in the starting lineup with Davian Harmon and Pop Isaacs both sitting at 6-2. But their power forward, Jalen Hill, is an uber-athlete, is only 6-6. And he overcomes a lot of that, but he averages 10-6. and six. Tanner Groves, who is listed at 6-10, but he doesn't feel that tall. Also at 10 and 6, closer to 10 and 7. And then they have, you know, as many freshmen or kind of similar freshman production that you do. And they've struggled and been up and down just like you. If you can take out Grant Sherfield, Oklahoma is not good at all. I think you have three or four options. Sherfield is their option. Hill can get a double-double, but he's going to have to work the paint. He's not an outside shooter. Sherfield shoots 42% from three. A really high usage rate for him. If you allow Grant Sherfield to dominate, he will. One of the best players in the Big 12. But to me, I think Texas Tech can dominate the paint again like they did against West Virginia. And finally, if you look at the analytics here, Ken Palm, 56-52, to T-Rank, 47, and Texas Tech's favor to 53, and the Haslametric number, 53-60. to 60. This will be the first time in two months that Texas Tech is at least analytically, even with their opponent. West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, Texas, Kansas, they all dominate Texas Tech analytically. Oklahoma is a peer, at the very least, in the analytical discussion of this game. And to me, the two and a half seems off. But I understand it because it's a road game for Texas Tech. Texas Tech will win this game. And extend their winning streak to four. And be, f- f- you know, solidly full on a bubble team. Can you keep up the momentum with TCU and Oklahoma State at home and Kansas sandwiched in between on the road? I don't know. But a four game winning streak is going to be huge in a lot of conversations. And you can do that tonight. You should. Do that tonight. Uh, let's update the prestige real quick. Uh, Texas Tech playing some golf. They are minus two today, minus six in the tournament in third place. 
uh, number three overall in the country behind Pepperdine and Stanford. TCU and Baylor still yet to tee off today as a team. Uh, but through 15, it looks like Texas Tech right there. Pepperdine at minus 14, Stanford at minus 9, Texas Tech minus 6. TCU and Baylor minus 5 and minus 3. I would assume, even with some big momentum from a couple of these other schools, Texas Tech will finish today in the top five at the very least and have an opportunity to make a run at the top three again tomorrow as they head forward. If you're a high school basketball fan, tune in today. Coronado Boys Playoffs, Monterey Boys Playoffs, Estacado Girls Playoffs back-to-back-to-back today starting at 4 o'clock on KKM Talk 103.9 right here. And an entire huge... Incredible top five state matchup in girls basketball tonight on Lone Star 99.5. Tip off 6 o'clock. David Thetford on the call. Monterey girls, Amarillo girls, top five matchup in the state, top two matchup in the division. We'll see you tonight for that and tomorrow at 11 a.m. for the Raiderland. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.